Chapter Twenty Five of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five Reviewing the Road. In due course of time, summer came again to the Hilton Hill neighborhood. And if summer were that sentient creature which poets would have us believe, she would undoubtedly have looked about her in wonder over the changes which one brief year had wrought there were hints of change all through the neighborhood but nowhere were they so marked as on the mitchell farm stephen himself in the midst of his busy life occasionally took time to look about him with admiring surprise and contrast it all with but the june before not for a single day had stephen mitchell lost sight of the new idea which had taken possession of him during that first walk to the lucas cabin it was on the way back while the minister was trying to press upon his attention other and more important concerns that he had resolved to put all his strength into the old farm and see what would come of it he possessed certain admirable qualities for grappling with such a task he had always from childhood persevered in his undertakings the main difficulty in his life having been that he had rarely been offered sufficient inducement to undertake he possessed also an almost exhaustless patience so when he was roused and energized by encouraging words he had put himself into the effort it had been hard work at first yet very soon it grew interesting simply to note how many opportunities for acquiring knowledge seemed to open before him he began to listen to the chance talk which he heard among farmers from time to time and to discover therefrom how many things could be done on the old farm which had been left undone it surprised him to learn how many of these things lay within the scope of his own strength once realizing that he was worth something in the world and that he could make a difference in life about him he bent all his awakened energies to the work the result was not large in any way nor remarkable except to people who had for years let strength run to waste it meant simply a mended fence here a mended hinge there a few lights of glass set in a certain window a coat of whitewash in some places a coat of paint in others a general picking up and clearing up about barnyard and farmyard and a surprising difference began to manifest itself people driving by remarked upon it the mitchell place is coming up they said one to another as spring opened and work began with such earnestness as the fields had not known for years the ever-ready ground responded the dew and the rain and the sunshine of heaven blossomed things into beauty and people said what has happened to the mitchells their fields haven't looked like this for years then there were new things a strawberry bed over which both stephen and sarah jane to say nothing of one scarcely less interested flora ann lucas had worked and read and studied early and late the result was ripe berries before any others were heard of in the neighborhood potatoes fresh from the ground were on the mitchell dinner-table before their neighbors had thought of its being time to try theirs 
green peas of a very early and very choice variety were the next sensation at a surprisingly early date the mitchell farm wagon was filled to its utmost capacity with fresh fruits fresh vegetables and even fresh flowers and started on its way to the summer encampment grounds it is an interesting thing to watch people adjust themselves to altered circumstances and positions stephen was only a year older than when he took that ride before but it seemed to him that he had lived half a lifetime since so marked were the contrasts he scarcely knew when it was that his father instead of saying with authoritative voice and manner go here or there do this or that the order always followed by a sigh for his own physical limitations and a groan over probable results had adopted the fashion of asking shall we get at the potatoes to-day do you think or how had we better plan for the south meadow or what is your idea about that fence on the west side only the day before he had heard the father explain to a neighbor steve thinks we better change the crop entirely on this lot another year he says the ground needs the change that it is worn out for the other crop i don't know how he finds out but he appears to know about a great many things that i never heard of and his plans turn out all right there was a man looking at his strawberry patch yesterday and he said he didn't know any such strawberries in the country doll and dobbin may not have approved of all the changes though nothing in their manner hinted at such a thought they were taken better care of than ever before more faithfully fed and groomed but they certainly had to work faster and loitering on reasonably good stretches of road was not permitted in these days stephen's start for the encampment was early and his entire air was the alert one of a man of business he looked around him curiously as he drove through the enchanted land fully as beautiful as it had been the year before and was rather pleased than otherwise to learn that all-important mr baker could not be seen until noon this gave him a chance to go around to see that remarkable spot where he had first secured his list of words apparently the same crowd was there at least a like crowd in numbers the platform was occupied not by the speaker he had heard but by one who seemed to use language with equal ease stephen secured a seat by dint of a little effort and gave close attention it chanced as we are fond of using language that this was agricultural day at the encampment and the subject of the platform address was one which had an absorbing interest for the young farmer it was in a line in which he had been reading and studying and no more earnest or intelligent listener was in that large audience than stephen mitchell very early in the hour he took notebook and pencil from his pocket not this time to secure lists of flying words but to note down certain points which were quite new to him as he did so he made the mental resolution to study them up to see if that fellow was right oh there was no denying that stephen had made wonderful progress he let his mind dwell a good deal upon contrasts this summer day 
all the experiences of his first visit were such vivid memories as he drove homeward his thoughts were busy perhaps no small thing marked the changes more forcefully than his stop at the corner store where the same mr pettibone still simpered behind the counter stephen did not like him any better than he had the summer before but he was by no means so afraid of him he had discovered that mr pettibone was not so grand a gentleman as he had supposed him to be and that his opinion of persons and things was of comparatively little consequence he gave his orders with an ease and glibness which contrasted strongly with the green braid experience mr pettibone's manner was also changed how are you mitchell he had said with friendly familiarity as stephen entered the store and as he attended his customers commissions he asked if he had been out to the encampment and whether there were crowds there and if there was anything nice going on evenings then to sharpen the sense of contrast miss ransom entered the store and her eyes brightened with welcome as stephen turned to meet her how fortunate she said you are just the one i wanted to see can you call at the house a moment i am anxious to send sarah a package and my brother has a package for you i think some illustrated papers which he says make plain those plans for the trellises of which you and he were talking stephen even had to call at the bascoms not this time to borrow a pattern sarah jane had no need of bascom patterns in these days instead they were delighted to borrow of her but to leave a book which mrs colchester had promised fanny when he had passed in the morning it had been too early for the bascoms their house was closed and silent fanny was on the piazza when he returned and her manner pointed the contrast again she had decided to be very friendly with stephen mitchell was he not on intimate terms at the manse much more at home there than she was herself and there was that elegant mrs colchester he seemed to be really intimate with her and steve really was a nice-looking fellow now that he wore good clothes and had found out what to do with his hands and feet moreover she had heard judge parsons say that young mitchell was a smart fellow destined to make a man she gave him most cordial greeting and tried to be very cordial sent her love to sarah jane and her thanks to mrs colchester and asked if he wouldn't bring them both out some day to see her flowers she had some flowers that she knew mrs colchester would admire it was not so much what she said as the way she said it that reminded stephen forcefully once more of the year before his smile was half amused half cynical as he sprang into his farm wagon and made haste homeward she is willing to stand sarah jane and me if she can have mrs colchester thrown in once in a while he said to himself but she wouldn't speak to flora ann not for a farm by which you will discover that stephen mitchell though he had learned many things had not learned to like fanny bascom it might have been a vague feeling that flora ann had been slighted which made stephen unusually kind to her that evening he looked at her thoroughly as she moved around the dining-room 
putting the finishing touches to the table which he had learned to do quite as neatly as sarah jane herself he was still in the mood for contrasts he contrasted flora ann not only with the bascoms but with the many girls he had seen that day she is a pretty girl was his grave conclusion and she is a good girl and she's going to be a smart girl in some things she goes ahead of sarah jane it was at that particular moment that the subject of his thoughts stopped in front of the window near which he sat and looked wistfully down the road it will be nice moonlight she said if i can get off early enough i mean to go home i am kind of worried about mother she looked as though she was going to have one of her poor turns the last time i was there and i haven't seen any of them for more than a week i could stay all night you know and come home real early in the morning there is no need of that said stephen kindly i will go over with you i would just as soon go as not i haven't been working to-day within another hour they were walking briskly down the moonlighted road talking cheerily together the two had many subjects in common as a scholar flora ann managed to keep very good pace with stephen and she had original ideas upon many subjects which surprised and interested him his sister did her best to be interested in agricultural studies but her tastes evidently did not lie in that direction she is quick as lightning at grammar stephen had explained one day to mrs colchester and she is willing to study half the night about flowers but when it comes to turnips and beets and cabbages why you can see she only reads because she thinks it ought to be read she doesn't take to farming now flora if she had a chance would make a first-rate farmer she has ideas that surprise me mrs colchester smiled and explained that that was an experience common to students each had his or her specialty and she reminded him that if all the world took to farming there would be no teachers or merchants or preachers she was always pleased when stephen said flora and sarah which he was learning to do she never spoke of the two girls by their full names herself nor did nina and the force of example was exerting itself in the household even in this respect it is very still around here said flora as they neared her father's cabin i don't think the boys can be home or else she had no need to finish the sentence stephen understood it only too well the boys now that jake was not there to frighten them into silence were rarely quiet they were not fierce or dangerous as jake had been but hilarious in a way which was sometimes harder for flora ann to bear than jake's blows had been she never neared the door of this sorrowful home without thinking of poor jake she always spoke of him now with that adjective before his name but she spoke of him frequently and made it evident that she had by no means forgotten him she still spoke more freely to stephen than to any other person still apparently continued to believe that of course he felt as she did poor jake she said her thoughts going from the boys to him i am praying for him right along steady steve i always will you know till i hear he is where he don't need it 
wouldn't it be nice to know that he had got into the right way and god had taken him where he wouldn't be tempted any more i would be willing for that i guess for mother's sake i would be glad for it because steve mother mourns for jake all the time she can't get along without him as the others can i never go home but she talks about him and cries and says she wishes she had borne with him better poor thing she used to bear with him always only she won't believe it it was the rest of us that used to be cross to him i guess you was never cross to him said stephen i never saw anything like it well i wasn't much of anything to him i was afraid that was the trouble it was silly in me to be such a coward he wouldn't have killed me i guess if i had tried to help him more i wish i had then she opened the door leading into the family room and they went in it was surprisingly still the boys were not there the father was sitting in his chair drowsing and partially intoxicated the little girls had huddled themselves into a corner and were occupied in staring at a neatly dressed stranger who sat with his back to the door there's flora ann exclaimed the children as the door opened and the stranger arose and came toward them behold it was jake jake with his shock of black hair neatly combed flora ann never remembered to have seen it combed before and not only were his clothes whole and neat but he had on a collar and a necktie moreover his eyes which had always been bloodshot were clear and smiling how do you do he said holding out his hand as flora ann still stood staring at him surely you have not forgotten me he's come home exclaimed his mother unable to keep silence any longer he came this afternoon i told him we ought to send for you but there wasn't anybody to send the boys ain't come yet don't he look nice i wouldn't have knowed him if i'd met him on the street oh yes i would i'd know my jake anywheres ain't it wonderful but flora ann had no words she was overwhelmed this to be jake this man with a smile on his face things don't match do they he said the smile deepening i don't think they ever will again i am jake and yet i am not jake no i'll tell you how it is i am a new jake then he turned to stephen how do you do stephen i remember being downright hateful the last words i spoke to you and i was getting a favor from you at the same time that was the old jake i know you don't lay up anything against him this new jake is ashamed of him stephen shook the offered hand heartily but was as silent as flora ann this seemed to him in very deed to be a new jake or rather not jake at all remember he had never seen him when he was not more or less under the influence of liquor now there was no sign or smell of it about him he was thin and pale and the marks of his hard life showed on his face but he was quiet with the quietness of one who had been in the battle and been wounded but had come off conqueror they sat late in the evening listening to his story he told it from the beginning 
described the ride in the omnibus and the gaily dressed silver-voiced young lady who laid the tract in his hand told how he had got out into the night and the darkness and on what sort of a corner he stopped cursing the tract because it could not be turned into whiskey told how the little tract had seemed to lure him on pointing out soup and a bed although he would have given the prospect of both for one drink of whiskey told how at last he found the mission and the soup how he was offered a chance to wash and was given some decent clothes and invited in to hear the singing it was a wonderful story though it could be put into a few sentences and the same story is being lived over every night in our large cities there were men and women connected with that mission who held on to jake even though he tried his stupid best to slip away from them and more than once fell back into the very gutter only to be sought after and reached after and lured back to the shelter of their care there were miserable weeks during which jake came afterward to realize that the workers in the mission had not lost sight of him for one full day elude them as he would and manage in some cunning way to get enough liquor to fire his brain and make him angry at them all yet would they follow him up and bring him back to that one spot where things were clean and pure and where food was wholesome and faces were kind i cannot tell you about it said jake breaking off in the middle of a sentence i don't know how to tell it i didn't understand what made them hang on to me so i hadn't a bit of faith in myself i thought i was about as worthless a fellow as they could find even in that city and i saw some hard-looking fellows too but i looked to myself worse than any of them and i felt worse i haven't had a very high opinion of myself for a good many years and i thought it was too late for me to be anything else but they wanted to hear his story they plied him with questions and heard how at last the outraged body and brain refused to endure any more fever and delirium followed during which poor jake raved and cursed and groaned and he was watched over and cared for every day and night faithfully skillfully tenderly following the fever were long weeks of prostration during which he lay as helpless as a child then he slowly very slowly crept back to life and strength again end of chapter 25